Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to hear from some of the best high school football coaches in the area. That's love. Come on. It's the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. All right. Nice job, fellas. Presented by your local pick and save stores. Let's turn it over to Muskego Athletic Director Ryan McMillan. Don't let one play affect the next one. Just learn from it. And the fans high school insider, big time Mike McGivern. Welcome into the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show. As always, presented by our friends at your local pick-and-save stores, Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's back. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you, too. How you been? I've been all right. He's the athletic director at Muskego High School. He's Ryan McMillan. Man, you're busy right now. Here we go. Yeah, it's uh, it's off and running. Uh, summer's over, and here we go. Well, you didn't have much of an off-season at Muskego, did you? No. We, uh, the, it's a beautiful facility. Yeah, we got all sorts of stuff going on, and our turf is in, and scoreboard's coming right behind it, scoreboard video board. and It's, it's a uh, big one, huh? Yeah, it's about, uh, I don't know, 40 feet tall and 30 feet <laughs> wide, something like that. So, yeah, and... it should be fun once we get everything up and running, but it's going to take us a couple weeks yet. Will it? Um, so it won't be ready for the opener? It will be, our scoreboard will be up, turf and bleachers and everything else, concession stand, everything from last year is all good. And we uh, Did you move the bleachers so Gary uh, Ellerson can see from his house? Well, we we moved the bleachers, <laughs> but then we put in the scoreboard, so Gary's... Oh, no. <laughs> me and Gary had a talk last week, so oh, did was you? I was wondering why he asked me for your number. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, uh-oh, is that going to be right... There, yeah, yeah, right oh. in the middle. So it's all good. We uh, we're, we're inviting Gary into the stadium with us. I'll give him sideline passes if he needs it. That's you're a nice <laughs> guy, man. Hey, our, we got a busy show today. We got a busy show. Um, in fact, Steve Jones, head football coach at Kimberly, is on. And we're going to get to him in a minute. Travis Wilson's going to join us. Wade Lebecki from WIAA, and then Jack Rankins. Do you know Jack? Recruiting realities, and he is so good. Um, He'd been in the state. He'd been in southeast Wisconsin, a couple high schools, but he is a Wisconsin guy, and uh, he's really good. We're going to talk to him at 1045. Then the head football coach at Lakeland College will join us. We're going to talk with uh, Faith Colas. She's the assistant divisional director uh, of development for the Salvation Army for a couple of minutes about a back-to-school program they have going on at Pick and Save. And at 1130, Matt Hensler, Lake Geneva Badger, is going to join us for a few minutes. But we start with... Uh, he is Steve Jones, head football coach at Kimberly, and he doesn't like talking about last year, doesn't like talking about – all he wants to talk about is, look, servant leadership, this year's team, let's just talk about these kids. And it's hard not to say that they've got the longest winning streak in, in, the, in the country. He doesn't want to talk about that. He said, now, Mike, let's talk about this year's team. It's a brand-new group of kids. And so I asked Steve to join us for a couple of minutes. Coach, how you doing so far? I'm doing great. Great to hear from you guys. How you doing, Mac? I'm good. How are you, sir? Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, Coach, you, uh, how was the off season for you? You, uh, I know it wasn't near long enough, but uh, you and your family, everything was good. 
Yeah, yep. We got a three-year-old boy, and uh, you know he's going to be turning four soon. He's a blast. He's all energy, no fear. Uh, he keeps us on our toes, and uh, yeah, it was good. But uh, you know, and, and our and obviously our high school boys were were around a lot. They I thought they had a real nice off season and uh, worked extremely hard. Hey, coach. Every time that I talk to somebody like a Tony Resch or Dave Keel, Jake Davis, those guys, when we talk about football coaches being more than just football coaches and we talk about servant leadership, your name comes up every time, Steve, because you've totally bought in and you you believe in this so much that it's you're not just teaching these kids at Kimberly the game of football. You're teaching them things for life, correct? Yeah, well, you know, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll, I'll take that as a big compliment. It means a lot. Um, yeah, you know, and we do, you know, I think um, leadership is, is a huge pillar in our program and something that we don't only don't only talk about we, we try to live every day and um you know and i think it it translates on the field but more more importantly you know it's going to translate off the field and later in life and you know over, overall that's our why in our program or your mission statement or you want, whatever you want to call it is that that our, our our boys leave better people than when we found them and we're helping turn boys into men and, and that's the overall goal in our program you know the neat part about steve and his leadership mike is uh He's taken it to the next level where he's actually worked with his school administration, his school board, and he actually brings this leadership into the classroom to affect all students and really drive the culture of, of the Kimberly uh, student uh, student athlete, but just general student, and creating better society members and that and bringing servant leadership into just this is who we should be as people within our communities. Boy, that you know what I didn't know that right. So I think that's really cool because it shouldn't stop at the door or the it shouldn't stop at the uh, the field. Right. Or the court, you know, bring it into the into the classroom, and and if the kid's a student, then let's talk to him about the servant leadership side of this. Steve, did you um when you played growing up, was there was there somebody that really instilled that servant leadership in you? Why or where, where did this become so important to you? Yeah, you know, obviously, um, you know, I grew up with without a dad, um, and I, I had a lot of uh, impactful coaches and mentors growing up. And you know, you just look around, and I think the common thread amongst all great leaders is that they're all servants. You know, if you go from Martin Luther King to Gandhi to our military to you know coaches to teachers to parents, um, you know, they're all servants. And you know, I, when we're teaching servant leadership, I, I tell our kids that. You know, their parents are their servants, and they always kind of get a little smirk on their face uh, because they picture themselves laying on the, you know, on the couch getting fanned and fed grapes or Taco Bell or whatever. And uh, then we talk about what servant leadership really is, and it's not always being subservient because that's, that's really the difference is, you know, servant leadership is you care so much about the people that you're working with, you're willing to do what's right for them even if it doesn't benefit you. And that's what, you know, good parenting is about. That's what good leadership's about. And, and sometimes, um, you know, giving people what they need isn't always what they want. And, um, you know, so, I, again, I, I think that there's a lot of people that have impacted me throughout my journey in, in coaching and in leadership. And, uh, again, I think the common thread is always servant leadership. You know, I went to – when Tony Rush did uh, one of the Raising the Stakes fundraising and leadership development uh, meetings in Germantown, I got a chance to go out and listen to Jake Davis uh, speak, um, got a chance to, to listen to Coach Pittman uh, speak, number of coaches out there. And though we talked about it on, on the air here, until you go and sit in that room and listen to the passion – and nobody's very few uh, talks about X's and O's or you know how we we get kids to get in the weight room. It it it's all about 
how are they serving each other? How are we serving them? How are we serving the community? What are the best ways to do this? And what I walked out of there feeling, Coach, was encouraged. Like, I was so encouraged by it that there are there are people and leaders in our community that are really selling this as a way of life to our student, to our student athletes, and to our students. Yeah, you know, and, and those events are great. And Tony and, and his his whole team do a, do an awesome job, uh, not only with fundraiser cards, but uh, you know, spreading that that leadership throughout the state. Um, so I, yeah, I've been I've been lucky to be a part of a, a few of those as well. And, and I agree with you. You know, I, you leave inspired. You're always stealing ideas. And and I think the X's and O's obviously a big part of the game. But I think the the big difference is the the culture that's instilled and. And as uh, McMillan talked about, it's about you know developing the leaders within your team that drive that culture. Whether it's in the on, you know on your football team in your school and whatever organization, it's giving them the keys to drive the culture because you know the vision may start from the top with the with the coaches, uh, but it comes to life through the players. And um, you can have all the mission statements and all the T-shirts and all the wristbands and all the signs in the weight room that you want, but if the kids aren't driving it and you don't teach kids how to lead. Um, then it's not going to go anywhere. You know, Steve, I'm going to get a lot of people uh, yelling at me for having Steve Jones on for a full segment and very and talking nothing about Kimberly football as far <laughs> as players. But I don't care because this this is really important to you and it's really important to us. And I think that that if more coaches got involved and understood the part of servant leadership. I think our community would be a better place to to be, and I love your passion for for this. You, I would think that you'd prefer me talking about this than than you know two years ago when you won a game by kicking a field goal, right? <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and and you know, obviously football is important, and you know, if you don't win enough games, then then you know you don't get the platform to talk about this stuff. And you know, we've been fortunate to win some games, and you know. And, you know, I think hopefully that, that gives us a little bit more of a platform, not just me, but, you know, Kimberly football in general, that, you know, this stuff is meaningful. And, and uh, not only does it help you on the field, but like you had said earlier, more importantly, it's going to help these young men, um, you know, off the field. And, you know, maybe if we're 0-70, it doesn't have the same impact, um, you know, and, and we're just, you know, trying to use that platform. And I think, I think coaches, there's a lot of them out there, you know, Mike, there's a lot of really, really good coaches that believe in the right things and, and I'm just uh, lucky to be one of them. But we have we have a great uh, state full of coaches that really care about kids and care about doing things the right way. Well, it's 70 in a row. So I got I got to take the last minute to say, look, 70 in a row they've won. They've won <laughs> five straight state championships, the longest winning streak in the country in high school football. Kimberly, awesome. my goodness. Hey, coach, congratulations. Good luck. I know this uh, this first opener, you know, August 17th. Man, against Fond du Lac. You know, Fond du Lac is feeling like maybe they, they should have gotten you once last year. They're feeling like maybe you know, maybe this is the year. I know that the boys at Kimberly are thinking differently. You know, I always say that the uh the classic gates the best high school football conference in the in the state. I don't know, man. I'm starting to waver a little bit. That conference you're in is awfully good. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a great conference. Uh, you know, our first seven games last year were all against playoff opponents. Um, and uh, again, Classic Aid, I have nothing to respect, you know, nothing but respect for that conference. But we got some good football up here, and, and Fondy uh, is 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 the real deal. Um, you know, they they return a lot of kids from a, a, an extremely talented football team last last year, and 
um, you know, they're, they're a great football program. So it's going to be a great measuring stick for us early, early in the year. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, um, you know, we're going to move on to the next game regardless of the outcome. But we're, we're definitely going to come ready to play, and we're excited about the challenge. He is Steve Jones, head football coach at Kimberly. Coach, thanks a lot for a couple of minutes of your time. Continue the, the, the message of servant leadership to your families and your school and your students and student-athletes. I really appreciate you doing that. Yeah, I appreciate having me on. appreciate what you guys do for high school football, and have a great season. Hopefully I get to talk to you again. You got it. You will. That's Steve Jones, head football coach at Kimberly. Man, 70 in a row. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. It is but awesome. It doesn't get any easier for them, though, because like you said, that first game is going to be uh, – there's going to be lots of emotion in there. But they haven't run from being the hunted, obviously. Oh. No. <laughs> 70 in a row. Okay. Yeah, they'll be Kimberly okay. will be okay. No, hey, nobody's nobody's like not sleeping well at night because they feel bad for the boys at Kimberly for any reason. Right. Hey, let's get to a break. Travis Wilson will join us on the other side. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by our local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. On Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan, I'm Mike McGivern alongside my co-host. He's the Athletic Director at Muskego. We are now joined by Travis Wilson with Sports.net. Travis, how you been? I've been good. Man, hey, we I, I didn't get your uh, your intro music. I thought you were going to text me that. Oh, yeah. Well, you said I could only have two. I couldn't have 20. So. <laughs> no, just two, and we would have had Mitch pick one. But, if you know, since not, we had to go with uh, the old standby stuff that I use. Hey, this uh, this season came up quick for me. I know that you've been working the high school football stuff for, you know, you pretty much don't have too much downtime. Um, but really great stuff. Again, if, if you want to know anything about your conference you want to know anything about uh, high school football, follow Travis Wilson because you're going to learn it. Hey, I, I want to talk a little bit about your list of the top 50 seniors if we can. Um, Julius Davis, the running back from Menominee Falls, is your number one ranked top senior and uh, signed ready to go to Wisconsin. Boy, that kid is fun to watch. He's an awfully good football player. Yeah, he sure is. And, you know, he kind of – he was known, you know, it's not like he came out of nowhere. He, he was a, a known kid, but last year, early in the year when he had that uh, highlight reel run that made some of the national uh, news, um, you know, that really put him on the map and had a, an outstanding junior season to, to cap things off and obviously got a, a pretty early Wisconsin offer, gave a commitment to the Badgers, and that hasn't, uh, hasn't deterred other programs from being involved still. After he committed to Wisconsin, he got offers from uh, LSU, USC, Notre Dame uh, was was involved as well. Um, so you know it, it goes to show the the talent that he has, and it goes to show uh, also the, the recognition from colleges outside of Wisconsin about how good he is and about how good the talent level in the state of Wisconsin is. Because you know it wasn't that long ago that it was very rare for a, a running back from the state of Wisconsin to to get that kind of attention. And now, you know, we've seen it with Melvin Gordon. We've seen it with Julius Davis. We've seen it with uh, a number of guys over the last few years where, you know, there's, there's colleges recognizing that not only is Wisconsin very good at producing the big guys, but we produce some pretty decent uh, uh, skill talent as well. And, and Davis is the latest in that line. Well, I'll tell you, he, uh, 
he fits really well with what Wisconsin does, and and I think he I think he has got a chance to 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 do really well with the Badgers, uh, running behind the offensive line that that they normally have, and he fits I think real well with the kind of they'll 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 have two running backs that share a lot, and in you know what maybe he sits as a freshman, but boy he's he's the kind of kid that's going to get on the field I think. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, you know, he's not super fast. You know, that that's not the the best part of his game, but he's very strong. Uh, you know, he's set some uh, some program records in terms of weightlifting and things like that at, at Menominee Falls and not a, afraid of the weight room. Uh, very good athletically, very good vision, very good balance. So, uh, you know, well-rounded running back, which is uh, what Wisconsin is well-known for. Hey, uh, Travis, can you tell us a little bit about the kid from Janesville, Craig? Is it Canoon Benton? Uh, yeah, Keanu Benton, yeah. Um, a kid that you know, a kid that wasn't off the radar by by any means. He was a second team All Conference pick last year, you know, six foot four, two hundred ninety five pounds. Um, you know, didn't hadn't heard a lot about him. You know, kind of early in the process during last season. You know, shortly after last season, in terms of recruiting uh, necessarily, um, but uh, you know, was obviously a, a very good player and got an offer from Wisconsin and committed very quickly. And he's a big kid, uh, in, but he doesn't. You know, he carries it well. He's a very good wrestler, which is always a good thing for those defensive linemen, uh, where you know the, the leverage and, and all the things that that you learn in wrestling can be very well utilized on the football field, especially on the defensive line. And so he's a, he's a very good all-around athlete, a very big kid with very good size, and you know fits very well with what they look to do up front on defense, where. In that three-four defense, you know they're looking for some guys with good size, good length, um, to kind of clog up the uh, the the front to let those linebackers make plays. Hey guys, we we had uh, Austin Ertle from Tosa West in studio with us uh, a few weeks ago, and he had a walking boot on, and and, and I haven't heard if 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 that's off or not. Uh, I think he said, "Look, it's I just dinged it a little bit. I'll be I'll be fine," but he's the number fifth ranked senior on on your chart 63295 um really a nice young man and and boy he that's a big kid as well big strong kid and and uh he he's gotten some offers he he was telling a story during a break Travis said he went to a number of Big 10 camps and they invited him and said look if you have a good camp there'll be an offer at the end of the camp and a couple of them, they said, look, you, you were the best player we had at the camp, but we're going to hold off on that offer because we've got an offer out to somebody else, and if they don't accept it, then we'll come back to you. And he said, look, I just got a little – I felt like I was getting played a little bit by some of these guys, so I accepted. I think he's going – can you remind me where he's going? Miami of Ohio. Yeah, Miami of Ohio. And he said, look, once I got on that campus, I loved it. And he said and that, that, was, that was a perfect fit for me. And so I took it, but he talked about that recruiting process as being something that got him a little bit frustrated for a while. Yeah, and that's not uncommon. Yep. You know, it's uh, it's an interesting game, the recruiting game. Um, you know, it's for kids, it's it's very very important, and it's you know one of the biggest decisions in, in everything that they're going to make in their lives, and probably the biggest decision that they've made to this point. Um, but for colleges, I mean, they're recruiting hundreds of kids. They've offered. 100 or more kids and so some of the kids are just a number and you know where they fall in the pecking order um you know coaches try to keep kids interested and involved as long as they can 
before they have to pull the trigger on an offer sometimes. And you know, it, it certainly can be a source of frustration for, uh, for some of those kids like Austin that are right on that edge of being a Big Ten type player, um, you know, looking for that first Big Ten offer. Uh, for him, it didn't come yet. Um, you know, but as is sometimes the case, uh, you know, keep an eye because you never know what's going to happen during the season. If, right. Uh, some of those schools are going to get involved again, and we've seen kids flip their commitment from a, a MAC school to the uh, a Big Ten school or to the Badgers before. So, not out of the realm of possibility. And uh, you know, it, it's just kind of how it plays out sometimes, and it, it can be tough. It can be very tough on the parents. I've talked to a lot of parents that you know are frustrated by the process. I mean, you just got to look at Joe Schobert and, and his father Randy. I uh, talked to them. You know, when they were in high school and going through all of their, uh, you know, struggles of trying to get recruited and the frustration level that they experienced. Um, and so it, it happens. And you try to, uh, you, you hope the kids have a good support system, not only from their parents, but also from their high school coach and, and some of the other people around them to you know, keep them motivated and, and not get too down about those things. But it's it's, it's part of hey, the recruiting process, hey, uh, unfortunately, for some of those kids. Travis, that number seven on your list, I I don't think any kid from Wanakee should ever be up that high, you know. Isn't that right, McMillan? <laughs> hey, man, were you up that high when you were no. playing at Wanakee? No, I wasn't. You were not. in the top 10? No. 15? Nope. Nope. 20? I was a good Wanakee uh, team player. That a boy. <laughs> that a boy. Coach, Reed. Coach McMillan, when, when did you play at Wanakee? Remind me again. Um, Fall of 2000 would have been my senior year. Okay. So I was a junior on the '99 team that won the state championship in D3. Gotcha. Did you get were playing you, time? Were, you suited, in, were yeah. you suited up in the fall of '97 when Wanakee kicked our butts at Richland Center? Uh, no, I was just uh, I was just a freshman. I was in the stands. I was watching, but I was not uh, I was not he, suited up. He was giving he was giving water to those <laughs> sophomores, right. juniors, and and, right. and and seniors. Hey, that uh, Wanakee team's going to be pretty good again this year, don't you think? They will. Uh, they lose a lot, though. I mean, that was a really, really strong class of 2018, obviously with JV and Dane and L.O. Johnson, uh, Nate Carter, some really good offensive linemen. Um, you know, it, it, they lose a lot. And Reed Ryan, who, you, who you're referencing as the, the number seven player, a very, very skilled and talented edge player that's committed to North Dakota State. You know, he's one of the few uh, starters that they have back. I think they only have four or five starters back total. But the way Pat Rice runs his program, obviously, there's going to be kids ready to step in. They're not going to have the game breakers like they have with, you know, have, have had with Dane and Johnson, but they'll be very good. They'll uh, you know, certainly be the favorite in the Badger North. Would not be surprised to see them be a, a strong contender uh, for a state title appearance, but um, it, it's going to be a little different. Uh, when you lose that much talent, it's, it's difficult to replace so quickly. He is Travis Wilson with Sports.net. You want to know anything uh, that you need to know about high school football in the state of Wisconsin? That's where you go. Read his stuff. Follow him on Twitter. Um, it's it's time we get going. Travis, are you guys doing the Friday night show again? Yep, uh, we uh, we've got football Friday night going on uh, close to twenty stations around the state of Wisconsin. So that's always a good time talking to a lot of coaches and just another way to be involved in high school football. And of course, uh, throughout the week, next week we'll we'll kind of settle into our in-season mode where you can find um, you know, player and team of the week information, weekly previews, uh, all kinds of stuff coming out throughout the week on, uh, on Wisports.net. 
Well, I, you know, I thank Travis uh, every year for for his work and his willingness to come on this show and give us time. Travis, thanks a lot. Have a good weekend. All right, sounds good. Thanks, guys. You bet it. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to Wade Lebecchia from the WIAA. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Ryan McMillan. He's the athletic director at Muskego High School. Our next guest, and you know it's got to be close to high school football because we always have him on this time of year, Wade Lebecki from the WIAA. Wade, how you doing today? Just wonderful. How are you? Good, man. This uh, season's uh, upon us. We uh, This thing starts at, well, they've been getting after it now a little bit, but the season starts on Thursday nights. On, for us here, Thursday Night Lights High School Football Game of the Week on my 24 we're at Hart Park as Milwaukee Marquette takes on Heartland Arrowhead. And the rest of the schedule pretty much starts Friday night. Uh, WIA, you boys ready for all this? Yes, we are. You know, it's been an uh, interesting summer with the heat and that, so hopefully everybody's ready for that. But, you know, it's always nice to start football practice. Hey, Wade, I uh, we've had the discussions, and Ryan, you and I will have this discussion because we haven't, but the football-only conferences that – this this idea is is gaining a lot of traction with a lot of support, and I like it. I like it. I like the way that that the WFCA has put this together and worked with alongside the WIA um, with it. Wade, your feeling on the football only conferences is what? Well, you know, I thought they did a great job with that. They really um, took into consideration the geography and the enrollments and that. And, and, uh, you know, there's a few people who aren't happy, but that's always the fact. But, you know, when there's only about 15 that really raised a lot of heat on it and the rest of them are pretty pretty satisfied, you know, that's a good thing. And, and we always remember that it's a two-year plan, and, and every two years we'll evaluate it. And if there's moves that need to be made, then, then we'll have a process for that as well. Hey, Ryan, I think, you know, in, in talking to Doug Sarver, and he spearheaded this thing, um, he said, look, I had a lot of help and a lot of people, but he's the guy that I've talked to the most. And he said, look, the, the, the main part about this was to, to, to try to uniform the number of teams in conferences so that everybody has a fair shake getting in the playoffs. If you're in a conference that has five teams and you have a conference that has 12, it's, it's a lot harder to get in when you're in 12 than, than with five. And he said, so that was our main objective was to do that. And I think if that's the starting point, they've done a great job. Yeah, they did a great job. They vetted out the process through a lot of uh, head coaches across the state, and they they, they worked to, to build buy-in. And uh, now it'll go through the, the, the next channels of the area meetings and then back to the Board of Control and everybody else, and there'll be more discussions. But I think the unique part about this is, is there's a lot, a lot of people involved, and this isn't just um, – this isn't Wade out making a decision on his own and saying, here's what we're doing. He he worked very hard, and he's been a great politician on this one, if you will, to to build buy-in. I think it's a great plan. Hey, hey Wade, when uh, when they brought this up and said, look, this is, this is uh, how we're going to approach this, and the idea behind it isn't that 
you know, we're going to try to get relief for some schools that haven't been able to win a lot in football. That really doesn't play into this. What plays into it is trying to get, you know, eight teams in a conference and trying to uniform it that way. I think by starting it that way is the reason they've had so much success. And again, it hasn't gotten approved yet, but I think it will. Yeah, I think as, you know, Ryan said that, you know, it started as grassroots. We did that district plan many years ago, and, and that kind of was hanging out there. And, you know, I think about three years ago, football coaches started to get real interested in it. And um, we talked about football only because it decreases the travel because you have multiple divisions, but not three divisions in one conference. And that's a big key there is there's, if you're in, you might have a division two and three schools in there, but you're not going to have a division one with two and three. So I think that helps, and there is some relief to some of those schools because they're no longer a Division Three and a Division One and Two conference. You know, like a Port Washington who was in there with Homestead and in there with uh, you know the, uh, the North yep. Shore. So I mean that there is some relief in there, and that's that's helped. There there is some movement, but it's been some buy-in. And at at the early meetings a year ago, the the membership said they need they wanted something done and. And that's what this does is it opens up the first two weeks so a Hudson and a Menominee up north can get a game where they don't have to travel down to Marquette or I think Kenosha Indian Trails traveling up to Hudson. And, and you know, that's a seven-hour trip one way. So we, this is going to be good relief for those schools in the first two weeks because your conference games now are weeks three through nine. Everybody's going to have seven games because those seven-team conferences are going to be matched up and going to have to cross over in order to get into playoffs. So it, it, it forces some some uh, conference games there and the crossovers, and, and it's going to work. Uh, you know, there's 10, 17 conferences. They're all matched up. It works out pretty well. You know, the only uh, the only school in this area that, that I've heard as far as saying, man, this isn't I, – I, we don't like it is West Dallas Central. And and if if we're having only one, and I think there's a few more, but I haven't heard from them. I mean, if I'm if I'm somebody in the Woodland West, I'm not super happy that Catholic Memorial's coming in. But Catholic and and people would say to me, "Boy, Bill Young never wanted to get out of that conference. He did. He does. He said, look, we're you know we're, we're just getting because of the size of the schools we're in, we're competitive, and we're you know we're we're fine. But it'd be nicer to play against schools." With similar size, and when they move into the Woodland West, you know they've got around 650 kids at Catholic Memorial, and they'll play New Berlin West and Milwaukee Lutheran and and New Berlin Eisenhower that have similar and Pius that have similar enrollments. and And Bill Young came on my scoreboard show and said, "Yeah, I I would I would love to get out of this conference because it's it's some really big schools, and we just don't have that many kids anymore." Right, and there's there's you know dropping enrollment out in the rural areas as well, and you know that's that's why it's two years, so you can evaluate that and see if those enrollments are still compatible, and and you know if somebody's still, still struggling, there's relief available to them, and, and that's the key. You know, West Dallas will be where they're at, and if uh, if they find out and after being in that conference for a little bit that they need a different fit, we'll allow them to find someone else, and that's going to be a key here. Is they're going to have to find somebody else who's willing to go ahead and and switch with them and make it a little bit easier and make a proposal and find a solution rather than say, calling up WIA and say, we want out, fix it. We're going to say, what's your solution to your problem? And why, why do you have a problem? So they're going to, there's going to be a whole new process. You have to justify the change. 
The change will be reviewed. The request will be reviewed by a committee. The committee reviews that, says up or down. If they say up, then we're going to have another committee that's going to go ahead and reevaluate and see who's all affected. And we want to make a new transparent process so it doesn't fall on one person like it has been in the past. Ryan, the other two schools that I think, and, and, and I'm sure that they're saying, hey, come on, is Waukesha South and Waukesha North. Now, I haven't heard from them, so I, I, I've got to believe that, you know, their hope, if there was going to be realignment, that they could get out of that classic eight and get into a conference. But they're they're talking about, you know, wins and losses on the football field. I'll tell you this, Matt had sent out, Coach at Waukesha North had sent out a letter a couple years ago that made a lot of sense to me, and he got bashed for it. He got bashed for it, but the the the, the way that Waukesha North, that community has changed a little bit and how the school has changed a little bit, um, I think if there's a chance down the road to get those two schools out of that classic eight, I would hope that one day that would happen, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, and when well, I th- – go ahead, Wade. Go ahead, Brian. Well, one of the issues there is, is – um, and I think the coaches, the reason they didn't really move those schools yet is that you've got three schools in the community, and, and they want those schools to have the opportunity – to make that request. They didn't want to separate schools. So all the Green Bays are together, the West Dallas is together, the Kenosha's are together. So if you've got multiple schools in a district, that's going to be one of those requests that will have to come from the school uh, because they didn't want to get accused of breaking somebody up when they didn't want to be broken up and, right. and that. So I think, think that's something for the future. And then once again, they'll have to come up with reasons why. If it's social economic and participation rates and then they can find somebody, a conference that's compatible, then, uh, and then people that are willing to look at it and make a change, then then it could be applied. Hey, Wade, thanks a lot for a couple minutes of your time. I'll reach out to you in a couple of weeks. I, I always appreciate your willingness to come on this show. Sure, no problem. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Uh, Wade Lebecki, WIAA. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, Jack Rankins, Recruiting Realities. Uh, look, if, if you're sticking around, I, I'd encourage you to stick around and listen to this guy. He is... Uh, He's brutally honest, man, and sometimes a little uncomfortable, but he tells you what the realities of recruiting is, and he'll join us on the other side of the break. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show presented by your local pick-and-save stores on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Ryan McMillan. He's the athletic director at Muskego High School. Our next guest, he's a good one, Jack Rankins, Recruiting Realities. Jack, how you doing today? Doing terrific, guys. Man, we really appreciate a couple of minutes of your time, Jack. I had you on the show a couple of years ago. Uh, you're a Wisconsin guy. You're a cheesehead. You were uh, in town here uh, for, with a number of schools in the area. And, and Jack, I, I like to listen to the tape and, and some video from you talking to not only kids but to parents because you don't pull a lot of punches, Jack. You just kind of tell it the way it is. And the fact that you had told me on the phone 2% of, 2% of kids in the world get a full-ride Division One uh, athletic scholarship. That's true, Mike. That's a, a, a stat that a lot of parents and uh, student athletes are shocked with. It is the the amount of of 
time and money and energy that kid that parents are putting their kids through to 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 get them a scholarship i th- i think i had a baseball coach in Ryan that said hey look all the money that they're spending on the travel teams and these in new indoor baseball facilities which are great facilities he said look they're spending a lot of money with these guys there's very few division 1 scholarships coming out of the state of Wisconsin for baseball, a lot of division two and three. And he said, I think that if they save their money and, and got a trainer and got bigger, stronger, faster, they would be way ahead of the game. Oh, absolutely. They're spending thousands of dollars with some of this club baseball stuff that's going on. And a lot of the parents don't understand baseball doesn't give full rides. I mean, if you get a 60% baseball scholarship, Huge. you've hit a home run. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, I mean, so and Jack stuff helps with all that. Hey, Jack, tell me a little bit about uh, about what you guys do and, and, and your mission when you go out to talk to some of these student athletes um, and the things for recruiting realities that, that you know, the mission statement, I guess, that you guys are, are bringing with you as you go to speak to these, these student athletes. Well, the mission statement is, it's a game, know the rules. And my primary concept is to let people know that if you're looking to get your education, number one, that's what this is all about, and you want to go someplace where you're going to play and get it funded in some way. And you guys were just talking about baseball, and most baseball players are not like Coach just said like 60%, but what we're looking for here is funding. We're looking for merit aid, grant aid, an achievement award, a leadership grant, a memorial scholarship. And parents have to understand they have to put themselves in a position to negotiate to maximize the amount of funding that they're going to receive. And as you guys have pointed out, the majority of student athletes are going to be participating at the Division II, Division III, and NAIA level. And being a Badger myself, as you called me a cheesehead, um, it's the best athletic conference in the country. It's undisputed, uh, Division III-wise. But you have to be in a position so you can negotiate and receive the maximum amount of funding. Hey, Jack, um, people can go to uh, recruitingrealities.com and get more information on what you do, how you do it. I know you you go all over the country as a speaker, uh, different venues, and, and there are places on that website if you want to reach out. You can also uh, find him on Facebook and Twitter and, and everywhere else that, that, that you can imagine. But recruitingrealities.com is, for me, is a, a great website. There's a number of, uh, of really good, not only coaches, uh, but parenting and player realities that that I think if if you've got a son or a daughter that you think has a chance and wants to play at the next level when it, when it comes to the, being in high school and wanting to participate in college, you you really again it is a game you want to know the rules and recruiting realities uh, can help you with that. Hey Jack, when when you talk to some of the parents out there of some of these kids. Are there times that you need to open their eyes a little bit? I think that happens every single night. It it does not matter if I'm in New Jersey or if I'm in California or Florida. I mean, I interviewed a student athlete and a parent and meet and greet with them, and right out of the chute, they come out, well, he really wants to play at Wisconsin, she wants to play at Marquette. Uh, 
you know, they need an eye opener there. And, and I think one of the key things, again, this year, is every parent and student athlete needs to be familiar with the NCAA and NAIA rules. And again, this year, another huge change, I don't know if you guys just saw it, but with football and Division One, and, and it, it, everything has changed now. It used to be you could only go for an official paid visit starting September 1st of your senior year. Now, and it was just a, a maximum of five, now it's changed as of last week. You can take 10 official paid visits in football starting in August before your junior year. And there's so much information, and it's just on three pages in both of those guides. And the NCAA guide, you just go to NCAA.org. It just came out last week again, the new one and become familiar with the dates and the times for your particular sport. I think that's the mo one of the most critical aspects of this entire game for student athletes and parents to get realistic about where they can participate. Hey, Jack, how will that affect, you know, that's a big difference from 5 to 10 and from September before your senior year to August before your junior year. That's, that is a huge difference um, in the two, and they, they've really opened it up now to, to allow these these kids to take 10 paid visits. I, I How do you feel about that? That just seems like it's too many for me. Well, I think it's a real eye-opener and a wake-up call if you're not getting an official paid visit. You take Division two, the date for that, that's unlimited. That starts June 15th after your sophomore year in high school. A student athlete at Muskego could go visit 20 schools across the United States. I agree with you. It's too many, but parents and student athletes know how to eliminate schools, ask the right questions, find out how serious people are. Division three can offer official paid visits starting January junior year. Again, unlimited. I mean, these changes that have taken place uh, are drastic, but... People really need to know how to play this game. They need to know the rules. Again, recruitingrealities.com, my favorite uh, on the sports parenting page, and you just talked about this, but the number two uh, point that you make is to parents, try your best to be completely honest about your child's athletic capability, competitive attitude, sportsmanship, and actual skill level. As a high school basketball coach, you know, that – that is hard for us to get parents to understand that they live on that postage stamp and in that bubble of, well, he's the best player on this team. Well, yeah, he is, but you know, there's 15 guys down the street that are better than he is. He's not going from our high school to the NBA, and I think it's important that parents, you know, that's the the first step to get them to understand. That at what actual skill level is your child at? Well, I hate to be repetitive about this over and over, which I repeat every night. I feel very, very strongly that these critical contact dates are, are crucial to parents understanding where their child's skill level is at. If you are not receiving a call on this date, that date, this date for each particular sport, that's got to be a heck of a wake-up call to you, like, whoa, 
we haven't heard from anybody. Well, I'll tell you why you haven't heard from anybody. Nobody knows who you are. And I feel like parents, more than anything, have to realize that student athletes that are going to Duke, North, uh, Notre Dame, Southern Cal, et cetera, all those kids are in the top 3 4% in the world. They are rated, ranked, evaluated, and all that information is, is bought by Division I schools. The majority of student-athletes are never going to be on any of those lists. They are, without question, a Division II, a Division III, and NAIA candidate, but those coaches at those levels don't have the type of budget to be traveling all over the country to evaluate student-athletes. Parents need to know how to get in a position to market themselves and negotiate. He is Jack Rankins, and again, recruitingrealities.com. There's phone numbers there. If if you uh, want to bring him in, he's been in a number of times when you get to the website because you're going to want to stay on that website. You're going to learn a lot. Uh, recru- one word, recruitingrealities.com. Jack, thank you so much for a couple of minutes of your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Mike, and I'm coming back to Wisconsin uh, in October, I'm going to be, believe it or not, at St. Francis in Milwaukee. Doug Sarver, yep. October 22nd, but then I go up to Green Bay, and I'm at Ashwaubenon, and then I'm at Notre Dame, and then I've got a night on Thursday down in Illinois. But if people in the Milwaukee land area, it's open. There's no charge. They can attend the St. Francis event. That's on Monday the 22nd. Jack, do me a favor. If you're coming in uh, on the 21st and you want to grab lunch or something, uh, you let me know. I'll buy. I'd love to pick your brain on some of this stuff. Well, I'll definitely give you a call, Mike, because I know I'm going to be flying in on Sunday. That's perfect. I look forward to meeting you in person, Jack. Thank you very much. All right. You guys have a terrific day, and thanks for having me on. You bet. You know, me, me buying lunch, maybe you should buy lunch with, with that. You know, I gave you that Wendy's envelope. Let's go. Man, you know what? I got to thank our friends at Wendy's. She's a big fan of Muskego, man. You know what? Uh, Sheila Mickey is, is uh, she's the regional marketing manager for, for Bridgman Foods, and and she's been kind enough to give us, you've got a number of coupons to get uh, get food. Now, your staff and the people at Muskego are listening, and your wife and kids are listening. Who, who are you going to take to Wendy's? I think I got enough for both. I think we're good. No, you look at you. You 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 are not that political. Who are you taking? Uh, I'll uh, I'll probably give it to the staff at. Ah, uh, oh, your wife's mad. It's all good, but we'll. Uh, I'll save a couple for the kids at least. That's Keep it. them happy. Get a little frosties going. Sheila Mickey, she's great. She is. She's awesome. Hard she, worker. She loves Muskego. That she does yeah, a lot she, of pride there. Yeah, she does a great job. We're gonna get a picture with you with the Wendy's. Uh, Wendy's uh, poster thing, you're going to take that to your office, and when she comes in, she's going to say, where is it? And you're going to show it to her. Sounds good. So hey, enjoy that food from, from our friends at Wendy's. Absolutely. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to Colin Burton. Uh, Colin Bruton, he is the uh, head football coach at Lakeland College. You know they've won their conference three years in a row? I didn't know that. Did we're going we're to congratulate him. This is the Wendy's Varsity Blitz High School Football Coaches Show, presented by your local pick-and-save stores, on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.